I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. My guest today is Iris Grimm. Her method of coaching is called doggone leadership. It's a unique approach to merging wisdom from dogs with practical applications in the workplace. Enjoy. Welcome to Grow and Learn. This is Zorina, your host. And today I'm talking to Iris Grimm, a European with a hunch for, for dogs. That sounds uh, exciting. I've previously heard people training leaders with the help of other animals like super intelligent animals like horses or dolphins. But today we're going to be talking about the dog-led leadership or dog. What do you call that? I, I call it hi. dog. I, hi, I'm Serena. I call it dog-gone leadership, right? Dog-gone but leadership. Even though Americans here, when they hear the word doggone, like doggone, it is really more a negative term, but really it's like going to the dogs, doggone leadership. Beautiful. So you got in contact with me because years ago, a few years ago, I had written an article uh, about Canada running out of dogs. And that was the time of pandemics when everybody was uh, locked up and people were apparently needing a companion and so there were no dogs in Canada to buy. Everybody had stocked up with dogs. And um, so, you know, apart from the, the social benefit of a dog, apparently it has other benefits because from what I read uh, on your profile, on your method of uh, um, leadership coaching, something like 60 to 70% of all the leaders in, C in the C-suite had, had a dog at some point in their life. Yeah. Tell us it, more about this. Yeah. How is this? Um, how, how come? Yeah, um, I, I do believe that people, or, or especially young children in that way, when if they grow up with a dog, they learn responsibility, right? Especially if they are the ones that want to have a dog, Oftentimes, and that is also another reason besides companionship that people adopt a dog, but parents like to adopt a dog to teach their children responsibility. And what was so interesting when I read this, um, this statistic from, um, I think it was 2018 or 19 um, through Banfield hospitals where they um, asked um, C-suite executives, uh, the majority of them grew up with a pet the majority of them grew up with a dog and that taught them so many skills from taking daily responsibilities, having a routine, right? But even now where they said that um, executive said that when they are walking out with their dog, it's a great way for them to come up with, with ideas and solutions and use the time with their dog as a creativity moment. Mm -hmm. I, I just checked it was 83% of all the C-suite executives had had a dog, according mm -hmm. to the data you provided. Amazing. Yeah. So, so how did you come up with this method? What is your background? Um, how did it all come together? So um, my background is, you know, I come from the Eastern Bloc, just like you. So in, in East Germany, 
I didn't never had a dog. Um, I I did not. I was not allowed to get a dog, even though I wanted to have a dog. My my dad at the time thought that I would not be responsible enough, and that my parents and my my mom would end up with the responsibility. So I did not get a dog until I was thirty one years old. And the only reason why I wanted a dog, it's not that I ever said I want to have a dog. It is just that life here in America is different than in in Europe. It's like, you know, I like to go hiking. I like to go out in nature. And um, when I left by myself, um, my husband was displeased by that. And he said to me, this is not Germany. You can't go out hiking on your own. You don't know what kind of danger is out there. If you had a dog, I would not worry about you as much. And at that time, I just decided I want a dog, not because I wanted a dog, but I wanted a dog for hiking purposes. And that is really how I got my first dog. I had no clue about dogs, nothing. And I learned by, um, you know, by making mistakes. Um, but I cared so much about my dog that we really immersed ourselves into learning more about dogs, about training them about healthcare, about nutrition and all of these different things that um, I got fell so much in love with dogs that I then said, I now have all of this knowledge about dogs. How can I share it with the world? So it was really a transition from 2001 up till now, how I all looked for a way then to really merge my law for dogs with my law for leadership development in companies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you more about the, this method and what exactly you do. I just wanted to share that I've actually, I've grown up in a house where we've constantly had dogs. Um, uh -huh. Like I've had a dog since I was five, I think. It was an Irish setter, my first dog. And then, you know, certain things happened. And then the next dog, then my brother was born. So basically there was a... Um, a rotation of different dogs throughout my life you know I, I've had two three that were memorable really but mm -hmm. um and and also in Austria where I live now I think there are actually more dogs than children <laughs> according to statistics <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> yeah that's a good that was a that is a good statement right a question to ask I don't know that's a good point yeah but there are a lot of you know, here in the U.S. right now, the millennials, so the younger generation, they they are the 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 uh, group that has the the largest amount of pets, right? And again, I could also imagine that they are the ones, oftentimes, who are not having children as early anymore. Mm -hmm. So their pets are they're almost like their children. That is what they who they love to take care of. Okay, so, so how does this connect now with leadership? How does the dog interaction or what exactly do you do to help leaders? Mm -hmm. So a couple of things. Number one is by me training my dogs. And I started out with a German shepherd and I did Schutzhund with him, which is the, the, German, the, the German translation of Schutzhund or the English translation for Schutzhund is protection dog. And so... Um, when I started out with him, I realized very much how my energy and my being had an impact on his performance, right? So in other words, my energy went through, 
right through the leash. And if I had a good day, that would show in his behavior and his performance. If I was unsure about myself, it also showed up in the dog. And so by me really immersing myself into Schutzhund and learning about, you know, the different disciplines, I learned a lot about the principles of leadership that are similar in the dog world and with the in the human world. In other words, there are so many principles that we have to follow in our relationship with the dog that is very similar in our relationship with people or you know with our team in the workplace. So that is one way how I bring dogs into the workplace is really by shifting the perspective of my audience into the dog world explaining the principles of good leadership from the dog-human interaction and relationship, showing it to them how it works there, and then bringing it back into the workplace and showing them the similarities and sometimes maybe also the, the differences there. And then another way how I also work with leaders is when they have their own dog, when I see, when and when they tell me the situation that they are going through in their company, in the challenges that they are feeling, et cetera, that they are experiencing, et cetera, um, or the behaviors that they want to work on, that they want to improve, I will then ask them to, to spend either some time with them one-on-one -on -one when they're here in the Atlanta area, or even for me to see some videos with them on Zoom, interacting with their dog. Because when I see them interacting with their dog, I can see so much about their leadership, about their energy, about their behavior, and, and how that, in their interaction with their dog, tells me a lot about why or what they can change in the workplace to create some different results. So in other words, I use, for example, their their dog as a, a practice partner for them mm -hmm. to help them fine tune their leadership with them so that then it also translates into the into the workplace. Mm -hmm. So does it mean uh, basically that people who are more emotionally sensitive about their environment and about living creatures are better leaders in a way? That's what it means, correct? Yeah, yeah, for example, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, and that was one of the... Um, one of the other um, points also that many of the C-suite executives pointed out in that, um, in that research where they said for them having pets and growing up with pets actually helped them develop my empathy. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, one of many things that um, dog owners can strengthen in their relationship with their dog that then also benefits them in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So when you do trainings, do you do them one-on-one -on -one individually or do you actually go to companies? Do you bring dogs? How does the whole process work? So I, yes, I do one-on-one -on -one work with them, right? Where, which I just described where I then, for example, say to them, this is the exercise that I want you to do with your dog. Or this is what I noticed, what, what you are dealing with your, with your dog. Or they're even telling me, all right, I'm having XYZ issue with my dog. And then I, I, I ask them some questions about who they have to become, right? And I ask them to solve this problem or the situation with their dog. And at the same time, leading it back to their leadership, 
leadership skills and to their own way of being um, for them to get something and grow from that experience with their dog. When I go into companies and I do group training or, or team training like that, um, if it is a pet-friendly company where they are already bringing their dog to the world, workplace, I will ask for maybe one or two dogs that we can bring in for specific exercises. And I figure that out beforehand based on, on the principles that I want to teach and what people are sharing me about the dogs so that I can just pick one of their dogs and do some, some, some demonstrations with those dogs. Um, if they don't, if it's not a pet friendly company, then that's okay. I mean, I have so many engaging stories to share about dogs that dogs don't really have to be necessary, don't have to be in the presence in order for people to, to get the, the principles that I'm sharing with them. Tell us one such story. I'm curious, what would you, what, what are some examples? How can a dog improve? let's say self-confidence or whatever, just tell us a story of, of a so, dog led, uh, dog, what was it called again? Dog gone leadership. <laughs> a dog on leadership story, yeah. yes. So um, for example, I one of my, my favorite stories to share is always about um, um, a client of mine that I worked with one-on-one -on -one who had a dog or has a dog, He his name is Jake. And um, he said to me, Jake is a really good dog, but sometimes he just gets on my nerves because when I come home from work, he just jumps up on me. And, you know, as a from a dog training perspective, it's it's very easy to handle the situation. Right. And I and I, and I have been a dog trainer for a few years be, because of all of this evolution in my own life. So I easily could have said to him in that moment, well, this is how you handle the dog in this moment. But in that, I stopped and I said to him, tell me more about what is going on inside of you when your dog jumps up on you. And he could not could not really give me an answer, all right? He, because he was not really aware of his own behavior and how his own behavior contributed to his dog's behavior. So at that time I said to him, here's what I want you to do. When you are coming home, your dog jumps up on you. I want you to really check with yourself and ask yourself, what's really going on on my end, right? What's going on in my head? What's happening in my energy field? And then the second question I want to ask you, want you to ask yourself is, what is my dog trying to communicate to me when he is jumping up, right? Because dogs don't give us a hard time. They are not doing this because they want to get on our nerves, but oftentimes there is a deeper message the dogs are having with their communication, with their body language and their behavior. So a couple of weeks later, when we met again, I said to him, so then what happened? What did you learn from Jake? And he said, it's so interesting. When I have a really stressful day at work and I was really frustrated, these are the times when he jumps up on me. This is the time when he's just around me all the time. It's like, you know, he gets in between my legs. It's almost like he's bothering me so much. And I said to him at the time, what do you think he's trying to tell you? Right. And it took him a while. And he said, well, maybe he just not, you know, he he's just not comfortable with my energy. And I said, yeah, I mean, dogs, really, dogs are don't really like us being um, unbalanced. Right? He noticed that you are not truly your true self. He noticed that you are different. 
and he's just wanting to you wanting to raise attention to you and helping you increase your awareness that you are really not your true self. Not only that, if your dog is acting like that when you are coming home, how do you think is your stress and your frustration impacting your team, right? Because he thought that it was not really that bad. You know, it's like he can he can control himself. But really, when I then even afterwards had it, when he had some conversations with his team, he also realized, yeah, of course, they noticed it as well, but they just learned to live with it. But then at the same time, as, as you know, you know, as leaders, leaders are the emotional thermostat of their team. And as a leader, it's so important that we know how to manage our own emotions and how to process our own emotions so that there is not emotional residue that be, that builds up inside of ourselves so that then eventually we are exploding or that we have a bunch of buttons on our on our body where people just trigger them right and we are exploding so for him having that awareness with his dog then really gave him the um the encouragement to really focus on his his ability to handle stress better because again just looking at it from a dog training perspective really would not have gone we, we would not have gone to the source of the issue the source of the issue was was that tim was way too stressed way too um, un, um dissatisfied with things that happened in his business that his dog realized that in him and pointed it out with his behavior i see and um are there any other examples apart from helping with this emotional thermostat, as you called it. Um, what are other important leadership qualities that a dog can help with? So, you know, a good uh, one, one principle that I also like to share is, you know, the, the principle of positive reinforcement, right? When it comes to the dog, as well as when it comes to uh, in, in companies, because what happens oftentimes in companies Leaders pay very little attention when things are going right, and they are not always pointing it out. But when things go wrong, that is when oftentimes the leaders are calling in their team into the meeting and say, well, this is what, what just happened, and this is where things went wrong, and we need to straighten things out, right? Versus in good leadership, we know the importance of positive reinforcement. We know that we have to be in conversation with our team. We have to acknowledge them for their, their behavior. And that is where I oftentimes get um, um, pushback from many leaders, right? Especially the older leaders who are saying, oh, do you mean I have to cuddle my team and I always have to call them that's you know good girl and good boy and all of that, right? And sometimes leaders... Um, pull this a little bit into the ridiculous part, right? But I always say, well, you know, we, what is it that, that you are doing that gets greater performance out of your team, right? It's not about cuddling, but it's about what is it that your team needs from you in order to be more engaged? Because in the end, leadership is about bringing out the best in your team, 
And if your team or certain team members need a little bit more positive reinforcement and encouragement, well, then help them through the phase. It's just like with dog training, right? When you are training a dog, you are teaching a dog um, a new behavior, you are doing that through positive reinforcement. You are acknowledging the dog when the dog is doing it correctly, and then you either give a treat or you are rewarding the dog through petting or through you know vocal praise until you know the dog really understands the behavior that you want the dog to do. Once the dog knows that, then you slowly phase out the reinforcement. Maybe you just give a treat every other time the dog is doing it, or you know, or you praise him only the third time, and then you slowly are phasing it out. The same thing we are doing in in the workplace, positive reinforcement, letting people know when they are doing things correctly, encouraging them to, to step outside of their comfort zone and trying something new is so important for innovation, is so important for engagement and growth. And that is a lesson that people can practice with their dogs and also in the workplace. What if they don't have dogs? Do you tell them buy a dog? Do you do you I, lend, lend them your dog? <laughs> well, and, you know, I have been doing the leadership training now for 22 years or for, yeah, 22 years. So if they don't have a dog, I still have plenty of other stories and, and um, ex examples that I can share with them or where I can coach them and teach them these kind of concepts. However, at the same time, um, it's really interesting how um, how universal dogs are, or how how much people in that way know about dogs. Maybe they don't have a dog now, but you know, just like you, they had a dog when they were growing up, or maybe somebody else in their family had a dog that they have known. I mean, it's very it's very rare these days when I find people who say, well, I've never had a dog and I don't like dogs and I don't have any want to have anything to do with them because in the end they would not be attracted to my message and my website anyway. Um, but if there is someone who really doesn't have a dog, that does not mean that, you know, I can't teach them a trick or two. <laughs> All right. And, and, and what if they have a cat or another animal? Would that work as well? Um, I'm sure it works as well. Um, in other words, there are many other practitioners out there and trainers who who include cats or even horses into their teaching, but it would not work with me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in that way, I'm I'm clear. And again, I mean, I still have, considering how long I have been doing that, and this is the doggone leadership approach was something that um, that I developed over the years. I have plenty of experience of leadership development without dogs. And when clients have a dog, of course, it's natural that I bring them in. Yeah, I suppose it's much easier when they can practically apply these um, approaches and psychological approaches that you're teaching them and principles about leadership, when they can actually practice with the dog rather than hearing it theoretically. Correct. And yeah, and that, and that is really the most important piece, right? That's that, that my clients also understand that leadership is not just something that I do in the workplace. Leadership is everywhere in life, right? And I that's why I like I love that definition of leadership as equal commitment 
to results and relationships, never compromising one for the other, right? That means, for example, equal results in regards to the relationship with my dog and also the results of creating a harmonious life with my dog, never compromising one for the other, right? Equal commitment to the relationship to my child and the results of creating a responsible human being, never compromising one for the other. I like right? that. Same mm -hmm. thing is with the team. And so when they can practice being a better leader in at home with their dog or even with their children, right? They then these these skills are easily transferable into the workplace and vice versa. So in that way, I also try to to feed two birds with one stone. And I say that because I I don't like to kill two birds with I'm I'm sorry, to feed two two birds. I'm, I'm sorry, hold on, let me go back. Feeding a bird. Hold on. Killing two birds with one stone. Killing two birds with one stone. But instead of killing the bird, two birds with one stone, I am feeding two birds with one nice. corn. Yeah. <laughs> it's much better. I was thinking, no, we're talking <laughs> right. nicely about right. animals right now. No, we are not killing birds. We are feeding birds, right? Yeah. Um, because in the end, my goal is also for people to create a more harmonious life with with their dog um, in their home. Because here, at least in America, uh, there are still every year, you know, millions of dogs that uh, are ending up being in shelters. There are still many dogs here that get euthanized because people were just unhappy with their dog and or could not fix whatever behavior an issue the dog had. They surrender the dog to the shelter. And when they can't find a home, um, these dogs get euthanized. And to me, that is a sign of lack of leadership. That is a sign that we as a society can grow in our leadership capabilities. And when we are doing that with the dog, we also become better leaders everywhere else in our lives. We can talk a lot about society because uh, talking about dogs, but what about all these people that are in completely dire situation? And it's there they're all signs coming up that it's going to get worse in the coming months but i suggest we don't go there right now yeah. i just wanted to ask you um, what are some concrete results um how do people measure their success when working with you what would they say what would the leader say what what have they achieved good question several things so for example with my with my client, Tim, that I mentioned, one of the results that he accomplished was really number one is he learned to communicate more effectively with his team when things did not go so well. But then at the same time, he also learned how to manage his stress more effectively because his dog, Jake, always was his, his accountability partner who told him when he was doing, um, um, when he was um, making progress or when he had setbacks, right? Another one is really where, where um, clients or my clients are measuring this results is most important thing is having what we talked about, having more empathy, right? Instead of being judgmental and blaming the team or blaming the dog, not realizing when I'm blaming somebody else, there are three fingers pointing back towards me. 
is really looking at it from that perspective and saying, who do I have to become as a leader? What is my responsibility here that my team is not engaging the way I want them to, right? Because again, with a dog, it's it's very easy to 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 blame it on the dog. But at the same time, I say the dog can't communicate or at least with verbally, but the dog communicates with their behavior. And their behavior, when they are, their behavior is not what you want the behavior to be. It's not that they are having it, that they are giving you a tough time. They are having a tough time with your leadership. When you take responsibility for that, you always have the power to change it. So it's really about having more empathy, but also then taking responsibility of their leadership in any given moment. Uh, I was thinking more, uh, this, these are personal statements, personal uh, assessments of their own leadership qualities as they have developed, but have they gotten actual feedback from their employees, from their organizations, um, like in feedback questionnaires or something like that, saying, yes, this leader has improved within a specific time period? So um, oftentimes when I work with my, my clients are typically business owners or um, executives where there is not necessarily somebody, you know, um, that they are reporting to. Um, so in that way, we have not used it in from that perspective. I also always say, and that is that is the most important piece in, in that regard, is I always say, I want you, I, the goal is to bring out the best in you, right? And when you, when you are showing up as a better leader, then pay attention to the performance of your team. And that will always tell you whether you are on the right track or whether you are needing to make adjustments. So with that being said, yes, we've had done, we've done some, some surveys or I have done 360 interviews where I ask the team members um, after working with me, what are the things that have shifted? How are you feeling more comfortable working with this person? What have you noticed in regards to changes? But from the perspective of, you know, um, what would you call it, measurable results, I am not that deep into it where I am participating in these kind of surveys or have any kind of uh, say in regards to that. Yeah, I understand. And how long does it take normally to see results after uh, coaching with you or how long does the coaching with you take? Um, that really depends. I mean, I have some clients that work with me for six months. I have some clients that have been with me for years. Um, it really depends on the role that they have in the organization and how much support that they are having. But again, many times business owners, they also use me just as a, as a, as a thinking space. Um, and as a as a um, brainstorming partner to help them to come up with ideas that they are struggling so or where they want to make progress. Um, so they are using me in a variety of ways to help them make the best out of their 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 role and the contribution that they want to share with the world. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, uh, very interesting sphere of leadership. I, I really enjoyed this talk. <laughs> Iris or Iris, how would you like to be 
uh, address Both. Iris or is yeah because I mean in German Iris it is in German Iris in English yeah and I respond to both <laughs> <laughs> you have a special offer on your website I um, do I, tell us? yeah it's 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 a little what I call a play sheet um and it's available on my website irisgrim.com forward slash give away so the word give g-i-v-e um away and it's it's where um participants who have a dog or even had a dog you know and that is so interesting about it right even um uh a relationship from our past, if let's say we had a dog from our past, where they can go through some exercises to reflect on their relationship with their dog in order to come up with a life or leadership lesson um, that the dog either taught them or that the dog can teach them moving forward based on the answers that they have uh, that they have given um, in the in the play sheet. Interesting. So just to repeat it once again, I'll also have it in the description. Your website is iris, that's I-R-I-S, Grim, that is G-R-I-M-M dot com forward slash giveaway. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Iris. Anything else you would like to say that I've missed asking you? No, Serena, you did great. And I, you, you asked me some really great questions and I truly appreciate your curiosity um, and your generosity to 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 allow me to share about my dog on leadership approach. Oh, I'm always interested in um, innovative ways to tackle any topics related to business, um, leadership, technology, anything. I mean, we need to be open-minded if you want to be progressive and develop a society. So yeah. you can't just look at the old ways of doing things. No, no, that's right. I mean, as I always say, um, uh, growth does not happen in our comfort zone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so um, much. Thank you, Serena. Very pleasant conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning. And we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.